Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. My apologies once again for my voice. I've had a bit of a throat ear issue, but I just could not wait to release this episode for you to enjoy. Today, we have the privilege of hearing from Jackie Kenimer, who lives in Portland, Oregon, where she's been a coach for many years and loves helping people see their dreams come true. Jackie is currently in the process of establishing a flower farm, which you will hear much more about in our conversation. Now, earlier this year, Jackie went through our Launch Your Life online course and group coaching experience, and the results have been extraordinary in her life. In this episode, you're going to learn how the passing of Jackie's parents impacted her life, the way Jackie's unlikely vision unfolded, and why a a six-and-a-half-acre flower farm is in Jackie's immediate future. Let's jump into my conversation with Jackie. Jackie, thanks so much for taking time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Hi, David. I'm so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Yes. So... Tell me, before you took the Launch Your Life course and coaching experience, what was like? What was life like for you at that point in time? Um, you know, I've done some personal growth work in my life. So for many years, I've done coaching. So I love growing. I love that conversation. Like softball coaching or what kind of coaching are we talking no, about? No, personal growth, like oh. mindset coaching. Oh, okay. Coaching. That kind of stuff. I could see you as a coach, like a softball coach on the field, yelling. You know, I could actually do that and have fun with it. Because when I go to games, I get pretty charged up. My husband's like, shh, no, calm down. <laughs> okay, so you've done some life mindset, yeah. professional development coaching in the past. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but also my life looked like uh, a lot of different things. Um the last, let's see, from 2012 to 2015, I took care of my mom. She had dementia. And so I was juggling a job full-time and then with her. So I moved to part-time, started taking care of mom more, kind of the writing was on the wall, increased time with mom. And I was at a place where I wanted to be really intentional with my time with her. And then through that, we started noticing changes with my dad. So both mom and dad had dementia and it was kind of all hands on deck with the family and we all pitched in in different ways to care for them. And then in the last six months, which we didn't know were the last six months of their life, they came and lived with us. And so we moved them in. We have four kids, a dog, a bearded dragon, a fish that's almost dead (laughs) and probably the same situation back then. Um, and my husband. And so it was a 24-7 caregiving situation. And we got to have that time with them. And they were really happy people, David. So it was easy to take care of them. It was physically draining, but it was emotionally and mentally fun and life-giving. So I'm very thankful for that. But coming out of that, they died a day apart. And that rocked my world. That is un. Believable. I mean, I know I hear stories about that, but that's like Facebook stories. You know what I mean? That's not like real life, like somebody I know story. So did you know that they were that close to passing? So we knew my mom was because she had stopped eating. And that's pretty natural when they get towards the end. 
Um, her swallowing was getting more difficult. So she went almost two weeks with not eating and she was happy. It was crazy. She'd get up in the morning and be like, hi. Like walking <laughs> around? Like, you haven't eaten for days. Yeah. No, she was in bed at that time because she was oh, okay. But she'd just sit up and look at magazines and be happy and interact with us. Some days she was a little tired. It was very bizarre, but very peaceful. Hmm. And so we walked through the acceptance of that happening. We knew it would. And so we just were intentional. And then my dad was in another room. It was hard for them to be together with their different issues. And um, so we'd make little dates and connect them. And he started having kind of weird symptoms. And we had a hospice person come out. We had just put him on to palliative care. And um, she just rattled off a list of things before she left to me in the kitchen and said, your dad is dying and you have probably four or five days left with him. And I'm like, you know, the record kind of went in my head and I'm like, okay, no, my mom is dying in one room. My dad isn't dying. She's like, he is. And I just, I just, I felt shock, like an earthquake went through me. Yeah. And um, not to focus too much time on that conversation, uh, he, he died five days later. So mom lived past him. So dad went first, then we had a day with mom, and then mom went the next morning early. And there's so many cool stories in all of that, that um, we were blessed with, experiences we were blessed with divine touches, just cool moments. It was an amazing journey, but it was very hard. So I was sad. So I come to a place where I was kind of lost for a long time. That was in 2016. Is that what you said? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. We're four years out now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, I can't even imagine the ache. I have not lost either one of my parents and I've lost all my grandparents, but you know, I can't even imagine the ache of that. And you're just taking care of them, which is so unique in our culture that you would be Mm -hmm. willing to do that and take care of both of them. And they both pass. It just, I can't even imagine the grief. Yeah, it, it was heavy. And I think, you know, we had a unique situation. A lot of people are like, oh, you guys are like saints doing this. And it's like, no, it just worked because of their personalities and needs matched our lifestyle. And there are people that get angry and it's bad situations. Family shouldn't be taking care of them. It's too stressful, makes you sick and it's not good for the other. It's just, it, it was a unique situation that we got to experience. So I'm thankful for that. But yeah, the grieving was horrible. And then I had my kids that are going through all of that and in their own ways. And I felt really lost, really, for a couple of years. I, I just pulled in. I didn't really want to do anything. I didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in these people that I love so much, kind of my bearings, my foundation. So when that left, it uh, caused me to think about a lot of things, what I believe, all of that. Who am I without them? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? You know, it, it makes everything get very relevant all of a sudden because our time is finite. So started thinking in that mindset quite a bit. Now, were your children starting to move out of the home around that time as well? One of them. We had kids in high school. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, just in the last year or two, they moved out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's massive transition as well. Yeah, big. And I was turning 50. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I think there were just a lot of life, big life events that happened in a very short amount of time. So I, I went to some therapy and and one of the things she said is, you know, a lot of people don't talk about these things. They don't talk about the seasons of life and turning 50. Those are the menopause years. Like a lot of things are happening in our body. We're not making babies anymore. They're leaving the nest. Our parents are passing. And we kind of come to this reckoning of where are we? And maybe not everyone goes through that, but for me, it was pretty big. So, well, if you're not going through it, you're probably (laughs) coping somehow through alcohol, drugs, affairs, shopping. Uh, Come on, you got to deal with it somehow. I mean, I had a few margaritas in there. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But, you know, it it was just, it took time for it to, I think, leave my body, actually. And just the physical drain and all of that. So there was a lot of repair and healing that needed to happen and just crying and acceptance, all of that. So for me, I took my time. Mm -hmm. And we... I'm glad I did. We had known each other uh, through Facebook, through... A, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's an accountability group we've had. Yes, that would be it. Yeah, a a nationwide accountability group, really. Well, actually, global. global. It's totally global. (laughs) Yeah, global accountability group with about 20 people in it. And we got connected in a random way. And so we knew each other. And I had put out the opportunity in this group for people to go through the Launch Your Life uh, course. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you who are listening, I did what I called a beta group in um, early 2019 in order to get some feedback on it and just make sure that it was um, headed in the direction that I wanted it to and make an impact in people's lives. And so Jackie was one of about 30 people who went through the material and helped me uh, refine it. So when you saw me post about this group, what were what were your initial thoughts? What were you, What was going through your head? Well, I knew you'd done some films. You are always dabbling in all kinds of different cool creative things. But this piqued my interest because I was at that place, David, where I was like, what am I doing? I mean, I was still kind of floating. And so the timing was providential, I think, for me. I was ready to take on my life. So I was curious. And I was like, if David's doing this, he's a cool guy. Why would I say no to this invitation? So I'm learning to say more yeses in my life than no's. And just take the leap and try something different. And coaching, growth, all of that, I love it. And I'm always eager to keep learning myself and challenging myself in areas. So it was just, it was perfect timing. And I was excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If if somebody was asking, how would you describe the course or coaching experience to someone who, you know, has no background on it? Like, how would you describe it just from a... Uh, it could even be from a nuts and bolts perspective to uh, you know a soulful perspective. How would you describe it to people? You, in your program, yeah, I would say it's it's really um, it's an easy process to just walk into with you. You're very uh, welcoming, easy to interact with. Um, some people think of coaching as scary, or oh, what are they going to ask me? And it's really more about just looking at our own life and what, what maybe we're not seeing and you're able to shine that light on those areas of our life, maybe in ways we've never looked at it. But it's really more a, a relationship and dialogue 
and discovery process. So I would hope that no one's intimidated to do it. Um, I think we can only benefit when we open up and, and are willing to look at things in our life and grow. So I don't know, you're, you're so approachable and funny, like doing the zoom calls each week and connecting. I love that. Like it was just fun to see other people on the journey and know that I'm not alone. Other people are feeling very similar things and that we can all do this together. So I think it's a great concept and a great um, way to deliver coaching with community. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the fact that you, even though you had had experience being a coach, you were like, I was surprised by that, that you were willing to jump in and, you know, dive into other material. Um, Not that you wouldn't pick up a book or something, but I guess I, you know, you were fully present, fully, you know, in to, you know, learn and connect and grow. And I just, you know, I admired that about your willingness to jump in the process. Um, As you started going through some of the material early on, you know, one of the things that we do in the first module is we, we look at the areas of our life where we're not satisfied, you know, where we go, okay, this is not working for me. This is working for me. I feel good about this. What were some of those areas of your life where you felt like, ah, I'm just not feeling it. Like this is not good right now. Um, I remember one of them was relationships like community with Billy and I, my husband, and just, we were in a large church community. And then as I took care of my parents more and more, I also worked in that community. We we moved kind of out of that and more into the focus of our family and, and pulling in. And so I knew that we were missing some of that, some of that relationship. Still in touch with a lot of those people, but just our life had shaped us in such new and different ways through that struggle that, I don't know, I just, I sat there doing that assignment and going, okay, so our relationships are really lacking. And am, is my career or where I'm at in my life with work, is that fulfilling? Like, is this the end all? Like, is coaching going to be the thing that I do? It's what I do, you know? And so those areas stood out really strong to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you kind of started moving forward, one of the things that I we also do is we we look back at our life and we do yeah. a life map. which helps people look at the the highs and the lows of life. And what I try to do is help people see the continuity between the highs and the continuity between the lows and see if there are connections there because Uh they keep having recurring. Most everybody does has some sort of recurring element or story. And then to ask, okay, what can we learn from that? How can we avoid those lows by changing the way that we're thinking and feeling and processing and making decisions. And how can we replicate the highs perhaps Mm -hmm. um, by moving back in those directions? So what did, what did you experience in that process? Okay. Like, honestly, (laughs) that module about wrecked me in a really good way. It was awareness building. Um, emotionally wrecked me for a couple days and I was crying and I was like, my life on a map looked like a heart attack. It was like, it was like up and down and then it was up again. And I'm like, are you got to be kidding me? You know, between moves and deaths and losses. And then there were all these really high points, babies and marriage and 
this thing and going to Africa or whatever. And I mean, but there was no middle line. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's really my life. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to look at that, but it was what I needed to see. And there were things that came up for me that I didn't remember. So it was really, um, you did some visualizations also that were very powerful. Like for me, that really got me in a space where I could be reflective. I appreciated that. Um, But yeah, that, that module took me for a loop and ended up really healing some deep stuff in me. So I'm thankful for that module. Hmm. Um, I don't want to scare people because there's nothing terrifying about it. It was my own experience that was scaring me, not the actual exercises. So there was a ton of value in that one for me. And I think that shifted a lot of things. And what I noticed, David, is, you know, one of the things you said is look at those high points and look for the themes, you know, what are the things you're noticing in those positive high times? And I think at the, the very end of all of it, now that I look back, I did a lot of pleasing in my life. And I spent a lot of time doing things for other people and helping people. It, it felt good inside, but it also gave me some identity. And struggling with low worth and all of this stuff, being human, I guess that was the way that I expressed myself so that I could get good feedback, you know? Mm -hmm. And I saw that theme. So it kind of shifted my outcome in the end. So I am really good at connecting with people and that works with coaching. And there are gifts and talents that I have that are a strong theme in my life um, as, as they're used for good and not, you know, self gratification. Um, but yeah, I think I was surprised at the outcome at the end for me. I think what's interesting is that if somebody was into personal development and life transformation, one of their goals might be, I would really like to be a coach, a life coach, lifestyle coach, you know, whatever it might be. And you're a coach in a very successful program. And yet, it's not that that's like what you don't want to do or don't, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? It's not that. It's just that sometimes I think, we might even feel bad that we got what we wanted and then we feel like, well, I don't even want this anymore. Yeah. You know, like for me, I was a pastor. I worked forever on education and preparation and I was leading my own church for years. And then I got to the place where it's like, well, I thought this is what I wanted, but but I don't want this anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, it's okay to change our mind. I, I didn't know it was okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I might have cognitively thought it was okay. I don't even think I cognitively thought it was okay. I just thought I was I was just bad. It was just bad. You should not want something, get it, and then be ungrateful. You're ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of us have that experience. We get what we want and then go, eh, I don't know if I really want this anymore. You know, or maybe there's something that's a next stage for me, a new season for me. Well, yeah, I think it's more of that. I don't know that we don't want it. I think we pursue the things that we desire, we think we desire, and we get fulfillment out of those things. But it's not everything. It's not all of us. There's so many facets to us. And so for me, it's being in the um, mindset of discovery and looking at how dynamic each of us are, you know, so I can still always coach and do the other thing that I discovered Um, it just may look different. My time may be a little more scaled down in this area, 
but there's fulfilling things in it for me, you know, and it's, it's shaping it that way so that it is fulfilling and not draining or cumbersome or whatever. And, and then harnessing and focusing in on the things that really jazz me up. Mm-hmm. So as the, the course began to uh, progress, um, we talk about who am I and, you know, embracing your true identity. Mm-hmm. We talk about what do I want? What is the, what is the trajectory of my life? Where am I? If, if the, if the launch pad of my life is my identity, what is the point out in the distance that I'm shooting for where I mm-hmm. kind of have this mental picture of a preferable future? It's the place that I want to go. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you started kind of processing that and we did some visualizations and meditations, for, uh, you know, kind of looking at those things. Um, and which, by the way, uh, you know, in my Christian background, any kind of visualization or meditation was seen as like voodoo. Like it was just not, not a good thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I, but I have found that using my imagination and assuming that, right, the divine is guiding me, helping me seeing, you know, helping me see things. Um, I have found that those have been incredibly powerful for people. And you've, you've echoed that as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think if we, we operate from fear, we're going to be skeptical we're going to be worried, ooh, something's going to attach to me or something happen if I go in this space. But I think it's, you know, we grow up, we have maturity, and we decide what works and doesn't work. And for me, I'm very visual. So sitting, that is by far my favorite piece. I'm just going to say it. I'm a fangirl of this visualization stuff you do. And, um, like, I think you should package it and sell it. I'm serious because it's good. I can just sit there and your voice is soothing and I just kind of, okay. And I could go in the zone very quickly and just listening to you as I walk out what you're describing bedtime, me personalizing it. Yeah. It's like bedtime stories, like bedtime affirmations with Dave. With Dave. Live. You lay it. <laughs> no. How come everybody goes to sleep? What's the problem here? <laughs> so soothing. No. Yeah, I think, what did you even ask me now? We're talking about visualizations here and I'm getting off track. But So we talked about, uh, as powerful. you began to think about where your life metaphorically was yeah. launching, kind of the mental picture of your preferable future, what did you begin to see and <laughs> begin to unlock? Well, I was still going with the coaching thing because I hadn't unlocked anything else. And I was like, well, I'm really good at that. And I did the strengths finder test. And, you know, I've got I've got these strengths in this area. And why don't I just, grow some of my, um, my tool or build more tools in my toolkit, you know, do some nutrition. And, and then we talked about working with people who are dying. That was a memorable phone call and you marketed and branded that in five minutes and you were rolling with it. Oh, well, I think I didn't buy the URL. What was it? I love dying. Dying I love dyingpeople.com. I mean, something with a hearse and, you know, putting that on the side. Oh, and yeah. being a death doula. I didn't even know that existed until you brought it to my attention. I didn't yeah. know that people help people pass away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that night we got off the phone. I was telling my husband about that conversation and I was laughing because you're hilarious. And I'm like, no, David, <laughs> you just take a business card up and say, hey, you know, anyone dying? Here you go. You're just I'm dressed in all black all the yeah. time. <laughs> Bring out your dead. <laughs> No, that's terrible. I don't want to make light of that. Um, it is a real role that people. Yes, very um, important. 
and it's beautiful. And so I thought about what the amount of death that I've experienced with aunts and uncles and all this stuff in the last 10 years and my parents, I'd be really good at that. And my husband said, is that really what you want to do? Like really every, like you want to just be with dying people every day? Is that fulfilling? And I was like, well, when you say it like that, no. And your, and your community keeps dying. Like you're wanting yeah. community and they just like, keep leaving you. you want, yeah. Do you want death around you all the time? And so I, I think I had a shift in that conversation pretty strongly. So um, he just said, what do you like to do? What makes you happy? And so, you know, I was dialoguing every week with the stuff I was learning. And so it was nice to have that extra person to bounce things off of between our calls and then processing a little with him. It was like, yeah. And um, I said, well, I just like gardening. That's not like a real thing. And he goes, yeah, it is. Well, you could go work at the nursery or Portland nursery or I'm like, no, I don't want to work there, but I could. And we just kept talking about it. And he's like, what do you like about it? I said, I love flowers. I love the beauty of them. I love growing and learning and getting my hands dirty and making something come together, creating, you know? And I was pretty excited talking about it. And he was like, why don't you do that? And I was like, uh, I'm too old. Other people do this. And so the the work excuses. All the excuses and the work. I mean, we talked about all this in the program. Like it was all relevant and right there. And I was just wrestling with it really hard. And so it really came down to me just giving myself permission to do something I truly love that didn't look normal or like it was going to make a million bucks or be really profitable. It's like, I'm just going to farm flowers. Yeah, I'll do that. Farm flowers. Yeah. And one of the things that is interesting as people go through the material is that it, it's not geared toward helping you start a business. Mm-mm. It's helping you to launch your life. And so yeah. that could be transforming any area of your life. Could be passion, purpose, could be health, could be relationships, could be, you know, because everybody's got a different area there where they're dissatisfied. Yeah. And my expertise is not in any one of those areas. It's just in helping people go through a process to discover within what they're passionate about. And then I help people, you know, visualize it and move forward and getting it done. Right. So, so you are saying, okay, farming flowers, I'm too old. I don't know why that is because I just see a bunch of old people (laughs) farming flowers anyway. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how you came (laughs) up with that one. Who has time to farm flowers unless you're older? You got kids running around knocking them over and stepping on them. Um, you, it's not a real thing. I don't know. It seems like people are. Other people do that. Other Other people. people. Who are those other people? They know stuff. They know stuff. Because you don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I just grow stuff in my yard. What's that? Yeah. It's a different kind of dirt. It's just. <laughs> Special dirt. dirt. Yeah. <laughs> So as you began to kind of try this on, um, I know that at one point you had a neighbor who began oh, to Oh, yeah. It got crazy you. after that. Like things started unfolding really quickly. Yeah, it was head spinning. It really was. So we, we that was what I landed on at the end of the course, just doing the homework, really reflecting on things, applying the different steps, and then shaping, you know, what we left with, like, what were my steps and what were my goals going forward? and, and 
um, I, I went ahead and made a vision board after that, just to clarify, I love visual tools. So I made something to put on my wall. And as I created it, I was like, this is kind of funny. Like, I just did not know this was in me. And it's just coming out, like flowing. I got uncorked or something. And I'm just, yeah, I bought some tubers to do one of my action steps was to just start with my yard and my garden and just start growing with something. Take an action. Tubers, for those who don't know, because I didn't even know what a tuber was. I knew what a bulb was, but I didn't know what a tuber was. Yes. The dahlia tuber, it looks like a little root. Almost looks something like ginger root. And then you plant it and there's a lot of moisture in there and it feeds the little, you know, plant as it grows and then it kind of shrivels up underneath, but then it produces other ones. It's this really cool process, but I wanted to grow dahlias first. That was, they're beautiful. Excuse me. So, um, I went on Facebook. I just found a farmer local and bought a bunch of tubers, got a box of them, brought them home. And when I was going to plant them, I, we met our neighbor we'd never known. For like eight years, we've lived here and he has a rental across the street. He lives out of town. He shows up, comes over, asks a question. I go down, we're talking, invite him in for coffee. And an hour later, he's, he's outside going, what's in that box? Are those dahlia tubers? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what are you doing with those? I said, I'm going to plant them. And I said, like any five-year-old would say, like, I'm going to be a dentist or whatever. I said, I'm going to be a flower farmer or I'm a flower farmer. And he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah. As if. Just just owning it. Just owning it. I hadn't done anything yet, Dave, but I was like, I'm a flower farmer. And so he goes, I am too. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I grow dahlias. And I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) So he gave me some tips. And uh, he said, I have some extra bowl or tubers I'm not using. So I'd love to give them to you. And would you like some? I said, sure. And I don't know what that means. A week later, a car shows up with 11 boxes of dahlia tubers. Like 200. And I'm thinking, where am I going to plant these things? And just so people know, those are probably, how much are those? How much do those they things cost? between 5 and $10 a tuber. Yeah, it's, it's like I a, a 1000 yeah. to $2,000 worth of. Well, I don't know if it's that much, but yeah. At least $1,000. I mean, it's not something I would just go out and do. I've never, you know. Well, I know. I'm just saying it's that it's a lot of. this gift. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I left. I left the driveway and I came back home and Billy's out chopping wood. And I go, babe, he says, what? I said, my farm just showed up. And he's like, what? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it hit me. My farm became real that day. You know, you had, you had had the vision. Mental yeah. picture for you. You started the action steps based on the, the goals, action. right? Because so we have a vision, we set some goals, we do the action steps. You got a few tubers, you're starting to put them in the ground. And what I always say is that your the the resources are there, right? That They're there are plenty it. of the resources are all around you in order to fulfill the vision that's already within you. You started without having. A, a, a giant, I mean, you've got a decent sized yard in Portland, no, I obviously. Yeah, no, but I have big fir trees. There's no sun and you got to have sun. 
Yeah. And you had a few tubers mm-hmm. that you bought. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of dabbling, but you say, I'm a flower farmer. As if I am, I am. Yeah, I am. And it's in me. I am. Would you would you have said it that like confidently if you would have known he was a full blown flower farmer? Probably not. I don't know. Hey, but I'm a flower I, farmer too. You know, it's like they say faith like a child. You know, you just expect it. I don't know. I was really, I was really tapping into this vision. Like I believed it. I knew it was just a matter of time, but it resonated so deep with me. And I think going through even my, you know, module two craziness, I needed to see my life as it was to create the new picture because I needed to release those things so that I could step into the things I wanted to create. And they were just still sitting in there. So it helped me identify that stuff and, and move away from it, like move on from it, be okay Mm -hmm. with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, the timing was perfect for this. I was I was ready to grow and and do something different. I and really you, wanted to live an intentional, fulfilling life. I always have. Yeah, and it's showing up. I all I did was agree with my heart. You didn't even have a place to plant those things after he showed up no. with two hundred tubers. No, so we scrambled. We were like, "Do we buy an acre? What do we do?" And I called my sister. She has some property, and I'm like, "I've got two 200- hundred." tubers that need to go in the ground. Will you give me some space on your property? And she's like, well, I said, can I rent it from you? And she says, uh, no, you can't, but you can give us flowers. And I'm like, I'm on my way. So we went out and we spent like, I don't know. We went out in three trips, dug everything up, got machines, pulled stuff out, put bone meal in, brought, you know, mulch. We just, we made it happen and they're growing and they're coming to life right now. So they're, they're beautiful. And that those is, are those are those are the little uh, babies of my dream. They're they're going to double. So I think we have fifty percent yield overall out of the two hundred. But then you can also get two to three tubers per plant. So he literally did give me a farm, and so wow. we'll be planting those. But yeah, we ended up buying a farm, so that happened. And so within the time I ended the program with you. What was that? The NMA? I don't remember. It's a blur. It doesn't matter. Three months. And we're already renovating the farm and getting ready to list our house this week and move into the farm. So You're, you're fast forwarding too quickly. Oh, sorry. You, 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 <laughs> you plant these in the ground. Yes. That's the end of the story. You've got a beautiful, small, you know, flower farm that's growing at your sister's house. It's amazing. But Check. what... What was it within you that the the dream was a little bit bigger, right? It was a, it was a bit bigger than that. Like what, what stirred inside of you to go beyond that? I think, um, I think there's just a farmer inside of me that needed to be expressed. I think that we knew we wouldn't be in the house we're in forever. It's not a forever home. Um, we just upped the timeline a little bit and I had with a little bit of negotiating an agreeable spouse and um, we knew that there would be a lot more tubers come spring or after they bloom this fall actually and there would they would need to go somewhere and I I didn't know if I'd just keep taking over my sister's property or or what so 
we just shifted our timeline and he became very open to looking at options. And those options included a larger piece of property that had sunshine. Sun. Yeah. We really weren't interested as much in the house. We were thinking of downsizing. We just needed land and I needed flat, good, solid land that could grow a lot of flowers. And you looked at how many pieces of property? Um, I watched online for a long time. And well, a long time is like a few weeks. <laughs> Felt like a long time. I think, I don't know, 300 properties and just scrolling them and constantly seeing what's new, what's new every day and checking out different areas and trying to gauge where we want to be because this would be our, you know, settling place. And you find a piece of property. Yeah, it showed up. It was already in pending status and someone lost a job and they couldn't fund the loan anymore. So it went back on the market the week that I physically started looking at houses. So it showed up. And when you drive up to this piece of property, was it just by yourself or was it with Billy? It was with my niece, who was our listing agent, or our, I'm sorry, our real estate agent. And was it like love at first sight? Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Or did it kind of grow on you? Take us through that moment. It's interesting because the other properties I looked at all had sloping land, uh, which is just harder to maintain. And... Um, things just didn't feel right. We'd go somewhere and there's just, I don't know, it was laid out weird or the house was funky or, you know, there's a bedroom right off the kitchen, the master's off the kitchen with the laundry. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, it was just, things didn't flow. And I, I kind of had a list because he'd given me his parameters and I had, my own. yes. And so, um, there were certain parameters I had to work within. So this one I wasn't going to look at. And my niece said, is there anything else you want to see? I've got time today. And I said, eh, I think we need to get pre-approved and do all that before we get too busy with looking. Because I knew how quick I could get attached. And she's like, okay, well, if you have one, just let me know. I've got time. And I said, well, I do have one. but," And she's like, let's just go see it. She goes, let me call. And it was empty. So it was an easy walkthrough. So we went over there, we drove onto the property and I looked around, it's flat. And I was like, hmm, it was on one of the roads. It was one of my favorite roads out in the area, just countryside that's beautiful. And I remember when the kids were little, we'd drive out to a camp that's way out that road. And I'd say, I could live out here one day. I could live here. And I was like, that's, I remember saying that because it wasn't an area we were zoning in on. So the long and the short of it, we walked in the house. I looked around. It was a little bit more house than I envisioned and it needed work. But I just looked at my niece and she goes, Oh, Jackie, this feels like you. And I looked at her and I'm like, I know I feel at home. Like something just like, you know, when you've gone somewhere and you feel like you've been there. Yeah. It just felt like going home. And I was smiling a lot. And I was like, oh, I got to go talk to someone else. <laughs> How many acres is this property? It's six and a half acres. Six and a half. Eight. In Southern California, that's like, a, you know, that's huge. That's it. That is a farm. That thing's huge. It's plenty. It's, it, it's enough to take care of. It's got a huge barn on it. Mm-hmm. And it the has house. a second barn. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. It's so. Cool. The old wraparound porch, which was on my dream board. So it's kind of funny. You know, the images on my dream board resemble the house space. 
you see it that day. How long until you closed out? I was done. I knew uh, a week. Within a week, we made an offer. But then how long until you closed escrow? It was almost four weeks. I mean, we were done. We were just waiting for the title company to finish. And now you're in the process of putting your, uh, your current home on the market. Yeah. And you're remodeling the new home. Mm-hmm. And come spring, how many tubers do you think will be on the ground? You know, I'm hoping we get about 300. It's just the and beginning. And then we'll probably order some more and I want to grow some other flowers. So, yeah. Yeah. And what is your vision for this property beyond just flowers? <clears throat> I mean, family. Our grandkids running around out there having fun. Um, I think that's that's the gist of it. We wanted to land somewhere in our life where we could leave a legacy and memories for the kids. And this feels like that. And I feel like they'll know me better. I'm living from my true self. Like this is me. And I never thought I'd say I'd be a farmer. But I'll be the the canning farmer grandma <laughs> with chickens and a goat, probably. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's it's a place for gathering and celebrating life and enjoying enjoying what we've been given and being mm-hmm. creative. Yeah. Do you have a name for this place yet? Not yet, but that is the question everyone asks me. Okay. Okay, I'm excited. I want to I'm hear it. I'm staying open to it. I, okay. I have, I'm trying to stay out of an agenda with it. I think we go so quickly to making it a business or or creating some agenda around why we're doing this. Um, a like reality show, a right? Monetary attachment. You have a reality show, right? Flower yeah. Farm reality show. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 But it's you know I think for me my mind even wanted to go to that. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to monetize it? How do we make this? Because again, it's about justifying it to me. That's about justifying the decision to just go and be and enjoy. Mm -hmm. I have to attach some kind of value to it outside of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we're going to go and we're going to grow flowers and we're going to see what evolves out of that. So for me, it's being in the experience and actually living out the dream. Five years ago, your parents literally pass away two days apart. You've gone through so much with them and this wandering. And now, you know, I mean, five years is a long time. It's four years, but yes. Four years. My apologies. No, it's okay. 15. Um, four years is a long time. But, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes we think, um, oh, a year from now, you know, is my, is my life going to really be any different? And it can be. It totally can be. It's it just, be. A, it's just, you're a decision away from it. Yes. What, for those who are listening, who are going, okay, this could never, my life could not be transformed like Jackie's life could be. Right. And they're thinking about maybe enrolling in the course. What would you say to them? I would say, just let that go and don't compare. Like you have your own life. And you have your own dreams and they may not look like farming. They may look like working with children or being a grandma at home and being with your kids, but you work all the time and you don't feel like you can free yourself up to do the other things you want to do. Like it doesn't matter what the thing is. 
I would say take the leap and do the steps, do the process, look at your life, let things kind of shake up and sift up to the top and, and, and then have the courage to give yourself permission to do those things. Because what would life be like if you actually really did them? And what if you were really happy? I think you just got to go for it. You don't know until you go. Mm-hmm. You got to go. And I think we pay so many prices in our life and, and um, because we feel like we have to do things. I mean, that's my story, but I think it's a common story. We feel like we have to show up a certain way or we have to do these things so that we can maintain our bills and blah, 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 blah. But life can look so many different ways if we just open up to it. So I would say step into the opportunity, embrace it with all your heart, enjoy it and have fun with it, play with ideas and discover what it is that makes you come alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would you say this course is for? Is it just for women? Is it just for men? Is it certain age? You know what I mean? Like what, what who would you say is like, you got to do this. Like what, what, what demographic are you thinking? Who's it for? I mean, I think anyone can do this. I'm even thinking of my own kids. You know, I have, I have a 19 year old. I think maturity wise, if they're willing to step in and take the time to do the work, mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. And the earlier you learn this stuff and do it in your life, look how far you can go. Like the sky's the limit, but you're never too old to do it either. As long as you're living and breathing and you have this life, like why wouldn't you want to try the things you've never done? Just go do them. Mm-hmm. It gets for everybody, really. Jackie, you are amazing. Yeah. I cannot wait to come to Portland area, to the Portland area and visit your flower farm and drive a tractor. Drive a tractor. I've never done that before. That sounds green fun. acres. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Hold a pitchfork and like take a picture with you or something. Yeah. You can come anytime. You could have people, always welcome. You could charge people to take pictures with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Just back to monetizing. It's more about Sorry, the flowers. It's oh yeah. Oh yeah. Them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, uh, I'm honored to have gone through this process with you, and I'm super honored that you um, have just been willing to share your story with us today. So, um, thank you, and um, we'll keep updating people along the way as yeah. you take ground. Absolutely. I have a Facebook page, a little flower farm that I made out of inspiration from you. It was a challenge from you. And so I'll be posting pics on there. And it's it's just for fun, just to share the journey, document some things going on. So you can always yep. find me over there. Or Absolutely. Your, yeah. We, thank we you, will, David. We will link to your Facebook page because we want people to follow. And I love seeing the pictures and the progress. And it's very inspiring, super exciting. Well, I just thank you for the opportunity that you offered me to try this out. And I'm so glad I took it and I will be eternally grateful, seriously, for you helping me shift my life and move it forward. So thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I hope your husband still likes me. He does. (laughs) (laughs) He likes you. He's grateful. You helped me find my heart again. 
I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jackie and be sure to follow her Facebook page, My Little Flower Farm, so that you can stay updated on her adventure. The link to that is in our show notes by swiping up on your phone now. Until next time, have a wonderful week.